We started a new series a couple of weeks ago on what happens when you die. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be preaching on the subject after death, and I want to make some sense out of what we see when someone dies in the graveyard and so forth. Hopefully, we can help you understand. The Bible is so wonderful and so powerful to explain about the process of dying burying someone and the Lord returning. And so we're going to make, uh, I have three points I want to bring out, and that is, number one, making sense of the graveyard. You know, it's hard to make sense of the graveyard. Number two, making sense of the coming resurrection. Why in the world is there a resurrection to begin with if the body just returns to dust? And then thirdly, making sense of our new bodies to come. Making sense of our new body to come. And so, let's stand for the reading of God's Word, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, this is going to set some of you free. It's going to be a blessing. Before I start preaching, how many of you have a loved one that their body's in the graveyard? Huh? How many have someone that's been cremated? Okay. There may be someone in this room that has a loved one that they don't know where the body is. Maybe it was uh, a house fire and it, there was nothing left. Maybe it was drowning in the sea or maybe the battlefield. And so we got to make sense out of this, whether someone is buried or whether they're cremated or whether they're lost at sea or whatever the case may be, we need to make sense of the graveyard. And I want to help you do that tonight. Before we read, I want to just make a clear statement. Jesus Christ, tonight, right now, is sitting at the right hand of God the Father in a physical, glorified, resurrected body. Jesus is the first fruit of the resurrection. And he sits beside the Father right now in the exact body that was crucified, only glorified and resurrected from the grave. And he is in heaven right now, and he is the jewel and the beauty of all of heaven right now. And he always will be, but, you know, it makes it even more special for you and I when we do get to heaven. It will be an amazing attraction. Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, would, like a tent, were dissolved... We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Notice verse 3, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that which we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought or brought or um, purchased us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. It was God bought us, he redeemed us, for the selfsame purpose that we would be clothed in a new body. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, 
We are absent from the Lord. That would be geographically absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I want to use for a subject, of course, today, after death. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to move this pulpit forward just a little bit because this is such an intense message of information. And uh, I want to begin by simply saying that it's hard to make sense of someone being lost in war and their bodies unclaimed. It's hard to make sense of someone drowning in sea or cremation or burying someone in a graveyard. It's hard to make sense of that. And, and I've met people that kind of regretted they didn't know what was going to happen because they cremated their loved one and they wasn't sure how this works. And I'm going to help you understand how this works. Let me know God has covered everything. God hasn't missed a, a base. He hadn't missed a thing. And so I want to make some sense out of the graveyard. When you, when you die physically, when you leave this house, the Bible says we are confident in verse 8 and willing rather to be absent from the body, willing to vacate this body and to be present with the Lord. So what happens when we leave this body? I want to make sense out of the graveyard. I want to help you make some sense, making sense out of the graveyard. When we... When someone dies physically, their, phys their physical body stops functioning. The house is vacated. The person that lives in that body lives on. And the person that is in that body has a body that is a spirit body. And when, you, when someone leaves their body, they, they're still alive. They're still intact. Their body is separated. Death means separation. And so when someone dies physically, the person just leaves. And everything you don't see in that dead corpse is still alive on the other side. You know, the twinkle in their eye, the, their, their beautiful voice, their, their love, their affection, it's all still alive. That person is still alive on the other side. The body's the only thing that sleeps. And so we want to make sense of this, and I want to share with you what happens when someone physically draws their last breath. And I want to begin by simply saying this. When someone takes their last breath, their next breath is on the other side. Now, I can't explain that breath because it's probably not breath like we think of breath, but their next experience will be on the other side. And so we look at this and we understand that when someone passes from their body, they still exist in a spirit body. They still are alive. And I'll show you what Paul said in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's what Paul said, verse 1 through 4. Apostle Paul. It is not expedient or convenient or suited for me, doubtless, to glory. In other words, I'm not going to write a book about this. I, will, I come, to, come to visions and revelation of the Lord, 
I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. That man is Paul, by the way. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Whether not of, of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up into the third heaven. That's where God is. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise. Now, paradise has been removed when Jesus Christ arose from the grave to heaven. And I heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. So here we see that when someone leaves their body, they still have a spirit body. They still have hands. They still have legs. They still have eyes. They still function only without the material substance of an earthly body. They're still alive. In fact, Paul was stoned and left for dead in the city of Lystra in Acts 14, verse 19, and I believe this was Paul when he was dead, stoned for dead. If it wasn't Paul, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it is, but if it wasn't, Paul is saying someone died, and when they died, they went to paradise, and they couldn't tell whether they were in the body or out. It was so real and so powerful that they couldn't tell whether they had hands or didn't have hands. They couldn't tell whether they were in the body or out of the body. I had an experience like this one time when I was real sick. Years ago, I went to bed. I was very sick, and, and I'd been working long hours. And during the night, I left my body. I don't share this a whole lot, but I left my body. And when I left my body, I looked down and could see my body. And I could run like a deer. I could think. I could see. I could move. And I couldn't tell whether I was in the body or out. And then I heard the Lord impress in my soul, go back. And when the Lord impressed in my heart, go back, I woke up in bed. I'd went to bed sick. I'd went to bed very sick. But I got out of bed very healed. And very excited about the fact that death has no power. No one has to be afraid of death because it's just a shadow. The shadow of a gun kills no one. The shadow of a knife kills no one. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. So we know that death is a shadow for the believer. And you don't have to be afraid of that shadow. When that shadow of death passes over you, uh, a loved one, then they just leave the body and they still have a body. So what do they do with their body that no longer is the person, your loved one's no longer living in that body? What do we do with a body when it dies, when it falls asleep and there's no waking it up? What do we do with the body? Well, we embalm it. We put it in a casket, we bury it, we put it in a tomb, we cremate it. Or if we don't have access to it, it's in the bottom of the sea in wartime or whatever the case may be. So how do we make sense of the graveyard? How do we make sense of this? I mean, the Bible is very clear that there is a resurrection. And that resurrection is a physical resurrection. And so it's kind of hard to make sense of it, but I'm going to help you wrap your mind around it so that you can understand. 
I want to begin by simply saying God has the blueprint of the body you lived in. God has the blueprint of all your loved ones that have died and went on or went, that fall asleep and went to heaven. God has the blueprint to, to their body. He has the recipe to their body. He has the DNA to their body. And with God, it's all right up here. God doesn't miss a thing. And so he knows exactly that person, the body they lived in, how they lived, and what would take place. Someone would ask the question, well, will the grave open? The answer is yes, no. Because really the only grave that really matters that opens is the grave of Jesus Christ. So we need to understand that the grave that the Bible is speaking of, everyone that in their grave shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear this come, shall come forth. We need to understand that Jesus is talking about the grave where people go to sleep and they're separated from their bodies. Now, I, you have to understand, some of you are sitting there squinting your eyes at me and you need to understand that unless we gather the information correctly, we're going to be completely confused. And so we need to gather this information completely. So our loved one's in the grave or cremated, or you don't know where the loved one is, the physical body, or maybe at the bottom of the sea in wartime or a battlefield and the body's not been found. God knows where every existence of that body is. I don't necessarily believe God's going to collect up all the DNA and put together the same body because the Bible says the same body is not the one that's going to be resurrected. It's one like the same body. I'll show you the scripture in a little bit. It's not the exact same body that's going to be raised, but it's going to be one in the exact blueprint, the exact DNA, the exact duplicate. Because a real person isn't in the duplicate and the exact DNA of a body the real person is in the hands of Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, the real person lives and exists in a spirit body. That spirit body desires to be clothed. It doesn't want to be naked. When we leave our body, we don't want to be naked. So God gives us a spirit body so that we're not naked. That's what we read just now. Now, I just... I think it's so important. When Paul said, I knew a man uh, 14 days or 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, God knows. He's referring to that spirit body that's so exact that you can't tell whether you're in the body or out of the body. Still have eyes, still have hands, still have a voice, still move, but it's a spirit body. By the way, if you didn't have that spirit body in your body right now, you'd collapse like a wet rag on the floor. That spirit body is what's keeping you not in your head right now. It's that spirit body that lives in you that causes you to smile. That soul that lives in you, that spirit breath of God that God gives you, the real you is not what I'm looking at. The real you is what's looking at me. Look up here. The real me is not what you're looking at. 
the real me is what's looking at you. Right behind these eyeballs is the real James Akins. This body's not the real James Akins. You identify with it, so that's James Akins. But when we get to heaven, we know no man after the flesh. Will we know each other? When we die, will we know each other? Well, we're not going to be dumber then than we are now. When we, when we leave this world, when we leave this body, what do we expect? Well, all your loved ones that went on before you will meet you. All your loved ones that left before you in death will meet you as you cross over to the other side. When you go over to the other side, angels will escort you over and all of your child, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a grandfather, a grandmother, a loved one, a friends, your friends, everyone you've ever known will meet you as the angels gather you before heaven. And you'll be, they'll wrap their arms around you. They'll love you. They'll, and you'll even see your wife. And if you've had two wives, you'll see both of them. But it won't matter because you'll be married to Jesus. <laughs> you'll know everybody. And I contend you'll have more love for your wife over on the other side than you've ever had here on this side. Because it's a different type of unction in the presence of the Lord. I, I simply want to answer questions tonight, and, and I really want to help you. When we go to heaven, will we have our full memory? Yes. There is no Alzheimer's in heaven. We will have our memory. When we leave this body, we will go to heaven if we're Christians, if we've been born again by the Spirit of God, we will go there, our mind fully intact. We will know our loved ones on the other side, and they will know us. And even great, 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 great grandfather will know you, and you will know him or grandmother generations. Your family will rally behind you. Your friends and loved ones will rally behind you. Angels will escort you into the presence of your friends, your loved ones, and then you'll make your journey to see Jesus. See, some of you, you know, you think about this. Well, I've got Bible to back all this up. I mean, it's pretty clear what God is trying to say to us. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For we walk not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we will meet Jesus. And one day we will go to see Jesus. And you know what we will see when we get to Jesus? We will see him in that, wow, that glorified body. Now, you're going to be in a spirit body, and you're not going to be naked. You're going to be clothed in a spirit body. But when you see the body of Jesus Christ, you're going to say, I want one.
Somebody didn't get that. You'll see Jesus in his glorified, resurrected body who lived on the earth, who suffered and died on the cross of Calvary, rose again from the grave in his glorious, resurrected body, and you'll see him and you'll say, whoa, I want to be like him. I want a body like him. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. I want you to listen really careful, making sense of the graveyard. Jesus Christ is there. He's the center attraction of heaven, and he always will be. But what makes it so beautiful for the church is the centerpiece of the church will be the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. He's the first fruit of resurrection. Now, some of you won't like what I'm about to say, but the rapture is not given to the Old Testament saints. The rapture is not given to... Great tribulation saints. The rapture is for the church of Jesus Christ, the bride, the body of Christ. Nowhere in the Bible does God promise the rapture, the catching away of the church, and includes the Old Testament saints. It's always for the church. We look for a new heaven and a new earth. We look for our Savior who's coming. And when he comes, he's going to complete the final salvation of our Life, he saved us spiritually, he saved our soul, and in the future, he's going to save our body. This ought to help some of you. Let's make some sense of resurrection. Let's make, making some sense of the coming resurrection. Someone would ask, well, why is there even a resurrection? I'm going to show you why there's a resurrection. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, chapter 1, verse 21 and 23, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Now, if you die and you just sleep, that's not gain. Hello? I do nothing when I'm sleeping. It's not gain. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. In other words, if I live in the flesh, this is all I get. Yet what I choose, I want not or know not. For I am in a strait or between a rock and a hard place, betwixt the two, having the desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Now, Paul says, it's far better that I be with you, but to be with Christ is far better for me. Now, if you're just going to sleep for a thousand years, you can't say it's far better. But if you're going to vacate your body and go meet the Lord, it is far better. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. And so we're making sense out of we're going to make sense out of a resurrection. I hope, you, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Once again, if, if, you, if there's cremation, if there's, you know, someone says, what's the difference between cremation and rotting in a grave? None. Cremation takes a little less time. Rotting back to dust takes a little longer. Hello? The only melting you're going to feel dissolving is now. You won't know nothing when your body's in the grave. 
So the question is, does God come to the exact grave? Actually, he doesn't. He comes to the grave. But you need to understand that he doesn't come to the exact grave. He comes to the exact homeland where you're from. He comes to where you're at home, where you lived, where you died. He comes to that atmospheric place. And geographically, when he returns in the clouds of to meet Jesus in the air, and that's where he will generate your new body. Wow. See, I want to help you. I realize that some of the things I'm saying, you've never heard a preacher say this before, but it's high time. Preachers take some time and clear up the confusion about the graveyard and the resurrection. Let's make sense of our new body to come. How many, how many would like to make some sense of your new body to come? Yeah. Now we're told that when the Lord returns, there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep in the graveyard, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe Jesus died, and rose again. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. In other words, our loved ones that went on to meet Jesus and our, our, our loved ones that died before them, they're with Jesus. And Jesus will bring them back with him to give them a new body. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, that is, in the grave. For the, Lord Jesus, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive, that you and I right now, and remain, that you and I right now, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So when Jesus comes and we are caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord there, we're going to leave here in glorified bodies. Our bodies are going to be changed. And we're going to be just like Jesus. The same resurrected body of Jesus will be like his, caught up to meet the Lord. And our loved ones that died before us will have the same glorified body that Jesus had when he came out of the ground. Is this helping you? So when we get to heaven, if we die in this life and we go to heaven, our loved ones will meet us, our friends and loved ones will meet us, the angels will take us. According to Luke chapter 16, Lazarus died, the angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. Now it's Jesus' bosom, not Abraham's bosom. And when we die, angels will escort us into the presence of God. We may not need an angel. We've got a homing device inside of us, and we may know our way home anyway. And when we get there, whether the angels escort us there, or whether we have a homing device, when we get there, all of our loved ones will be on the other side. Grandpa will be there. Grandma will be there. A child will be there. A friend, a neighbor, loved ones will be there. And they'll hug your neck, and they'll know you, and you'll know them. And the love that you have for them will be heightened and the color awareness will be heightened 
Everything will be greener than it's ever been. Everything will be redder than it's ever been. Colors will be dynamic because you're looking at them through a new body. Heaven will be glorious. And you'll make your way. Someone said, will there be golfing in heaven? I'll answer that for you. If you're not going to be happy in heaven without golfing, yes, there'll be golfing. Whatever it takes to make you happy, it'll be there in heaven. But all I got to say is you're a sick person if it's going to take that to make you happy in heaven. You're a lunatic. Amen? I can understand fishing, but not golfing. So we will go to the center attraction in heaven, and we know that center attraction is Jesus Christ. And he is in a new body, resurrected from the grave. He's the first fruits of resurrection. So when we leave here, we'll leave in a spirit body designed to be clothed upon with our new body. That's what the scripture just said as we read it starting out the sermon. When we see Jesus, as I said earlier, when we see Jesus, and let's say we die and we go to heaven and, and we meet our loved ones and our friends and we have a wonderful time and we're being escorted to Jesus. When we see him, as I said earlier, we'll go, wow, I want one of them. I want to be like Jesus. And so Jesus, when it comes time to, to redeem and rapture the church, He'll gather all of us that want a body like him, and he will descend from heaven with those that love him, that have went to be him, with him in death. He will bring them with him. Their bodies sleep in the grave. Their body sleeps on earth, but he'll bring them with him. And when he brings them with him, out of the earth will come a brand new, glorified, incorruptible, never dying, everlasting body in which God will put you back in your new body and it'll be a whole lot better than the one you're in right now. I met people that they get hung up on this. The rapture is for the church. And when we see Jesus, and he's the, and by the way, he's the only one. Someone said, well, 10 out of 10 people die. Someone said, one out of one person dies. 100 out of 100 people die. That's not true. Elijah didn't die. And Enoch didn't die. But there's only one person, his name is Jesus Christ, that sits on a throne in a glorified body. You say, well, they had a body at the Transfiguration, Mount Transfiguration. They did, but I don't know the, the intel of that. But Jesus is the first fruit. So they, they maybe appeared in somewhat, and everybody knew what they were. But one day we will be clothed with Jesus. Not only inside, but outside. Isn't that good? And Jesus will bring our loved ones with him. When he descends from heaven with a shout, he'll bring our loved ones with him. What's he coming to do? He's coming to open the graves of them that sleep. Will it be the exact grave? Probably not. A grave is a grave. He's coming to open the graves. And when he opens the graves, 
He's going to raise him up out of their sleep and he's going to give them a brand new body and that brand new body, God's going to put them back in that glorified body, a body just like Jesus. And that happens at the rapture of the church. Jewish people in the millennium don't get their body till later. The Old Testament saints don't resurrect at the rapture. It's a gift only to the church. And so one day Jesus will say to his loved ones, and I'd love for it to happen tonight. Jesus will say to our loved ones that's there in their spirit body, Jesus will say, hey, let's go down to earth and finish the job. What do you say? See, Jesus come to save us body, soul, and spirit. Jesus came to give us a new body. That's what resurrection's all about. We're resurrected spiritually, but we're going to be resurrected physically as well. And Jesus will say to our loved ones that's already there, uh, what do you say? Let's go down and finish salvation. Let's just finish it all. Let's go down and get your body and it's going to look like mine. And we're going to shout hallelujah. He said, while I'm there, I'm going to make everybody that's alive and remain, that's born again, I'm going to catch them up, and I'm going to give them a body that looks just like mine. Isn't that good? Let me explain this to you. The key is in 1 John 3, verse 2. 1 John 3, verse 2. Here's the key. 1 John 3, verse 2 is speaking to born-again believers. This, in verse 2 of 1 John chapter 3, is not speaking to the sleeping in Christ. He's speaking to you and I. He's talking about the return of Jesus Christ. Verse 2 1 John chapter 3 is the catching away, the appearing of Jesus Christ. Verse 2, beloved, now we are the sons of God. I'm saved now. How about you? And it does not yet appear what we shall be. Obviously, look at you. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So what he's saying is, where it says, he shall appear, appear, that's rapture. When he appears the second time without sin, when he appears the second time with a new body and a resurrection, when he appears to complete salvation, the captain of our salvation, the redeemer of our soul, the chief shepherd comes, he raptures us up in a brand new body. When he appears, when our loved one dies and leaves their body, they don't, Jesus doesn't appear. They're taken by angels, friends to go before heaven and they appear before Jesus in his new glorified body. But Jesus will say in the future, how about it guys? Why don't we go down there and finish the job? Why don't we don't go down there and just wipe up the graveyard, just mop up all the dead and do away with death, hell in the grave. Why don't we just go down there together and I'll give you a body just like mine. Woo, I'd say, I'm ready, let's go. Amen? I'm just about done, but I, I, I hope I'm helping you. I hope I'm helping you. Let me show you something about the resurrected body. 2 Corinthians, 
2 Corinthians chapter 15. No, 1 Corinthians, excuse me. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 51. We're going to talk about the rapture. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We'll not all die, but we'll be changed. What? Changed into a body like Christ. A new glorified body. It'll happen in a moment in a twinkling eye. At the last trump, that's the last trump, not of the great tribulation, but the last trump for the church. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall raise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass, saying, that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Nigga, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's that thing? Oh, grave, where's that victory? So the grave, the Bible says death will be the last enemy that will be destroyed. And Jesus will return and will be changed and will be given a new body. Now, someone says, but wait a minute. How can he give us a new body if it's cremated? How can he, how can he change our bodies? And Well, first, I will admit God has more to work with if he came right now while we're still alive. But you've you got to understand that when God's talking about resurrection of a body, he's not referring to the exact body that died. He has the DNA. He has the, he has the uh, blueprint. He has the recipe to every body. He, he's got everything in their heart. He's got all of them together in his, in his control. Their memory is full. They're blessed. They're with Jesus Christ. And all Jesus has to do is come down here and make a new body and reboot them in it. Download them in it. Maybe I'll say upload them in it. Now, that don't make a lot of sense, but it's starting to make more sense now in the day we live, isn't it? Uh, some will say, well, how could there possibly be a resurrection? What's the point of resurrection? Because when they see Jesus, they'll say, I want one. And Jesus didn't come just to save us in our soul and spirit. He came to give us full salvation, body, soul, and spirit. Are you hearing me? So when Jesus Christ descends from heaven with a shout, he will produce out of the earth exactly what Jesus was produced out of the earth. God made flesh, and Jesus will produce out of the earth exactly as he was produced out of the earth, and we will be just like him in a glorified body. You say, well, I don't understand it. How can people say that they're resurrected? Well, let me explain it to you. I know I threw some of you a while ago when I said it won't be the exact body, and it won't be. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? With what body do they come? Thou fool. That which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest Thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain, it's, it may chance of wheat and some other grain. So when I plant a, 
a grain of corn in the ground. Thank God I'm not eating the corn that rotted in the ground. I'm eating the new corn from that grain. Here's the answer, verse 38. Some will say, well, how's that body? How are we going to give it a body? But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him. And every seed his own body. Your loved ones that's died and went on to be with Jesus, they were a seed. And God will produce out of that seed the exact replica of who they are. And their body will be glorified, incorruptible, amazing and thrilled, and cremation can't stop it. Dying and being eaten by fish at the bottom of the ocean can't stop it. People dying on and no one knows where their grave is can't stop it because God has the seed. And he'll raise that loved one up in a new body as he chooses. And he's going to choose a body that looks like you but without imperfections. Amen? If you've got a big old wart on your nose, it won't be there in your glorified body. Hello? Amen? If you've got that goofy look on your face, it won't be there in that glorified body. God's going to give you a brand new glorified body. Isn't that good? See, we get hung up on things. And we get hung up on the thing, well, how can it possibly be? How in the world could God possibly raise the dead? I'm telling you, he's the first fruits of resurrection. And I'm telling you, when he comes to earth, he's going to open the graves. Not singly, but plurally. He's going to open every grave of every person that's put their trust and love in Jesus Christ. Where will they be resurrected? I assume wherever you called home. Now someone says, well, I like to go to the grave and talk to my loved one that's asleep. They are asleep. But you're going to be the one doing the talking. They won't be. And I think it's good for you to go to a grave and talk to a loved one that's in the grave. That's good therapy for you. But you remember, they're not there. And I think it's good to have some ashes, cremated ashes, to put in a love lock or put in a little uh, vase at home. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good therapy for you to acknowledge and remember them. That's the only, that's the only thing you, you have to hold on to. Unless you got the Bible, and it's a whole lot better than ashes. Amen? Isn't that good? And I want to encourage you, go to your loved ones, put flowers on the grave. I want to encourage you, you know, relish the, the ashes remains if you cremated them. Relish their memories. Relish their pictures. Relish their, their, the things that remind you of them. Remember the good days. Remember the wonderful days. Relish the memory of them. Enjoy that. But remember, they're just asleep, but they're with Jesus Christ. And I think, I think God has limited what we know about heaven God has limited us, us to our knowledge about heaven, and at the same time, heaven is limited to knowledge about earth. In other words, I'll give you a scenario. Here's a scenario. This is weird. Congratulations. Those horns go off in heaven. Let's celebrate. Your uncle just got born again. Whoo! 
and there's celebration in heaven. Two weeks later, uh, God tell everybody, he just fell off the wagon. He just went into sin. Now, there's certain limitations to what God allows to get passed here to heaven. God only allows certain news to go into heaven. And, and he doesn't allow a whole lot of people coming from heaven to talk to us. Even angels are under strict orders when they come. So I want you to understand that our knowledge of heaven is very limited, except for the book. And heaven's knowledge of us after a loved one is gone, their knowledge of you is limited as well. Hello? Now here's where I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. When a man loses his wife or a woman loses her husband, they are free to remarry. They're free to marry another. But just because they're free doesn't mean it's wise. Because remember, when you marry another, you're bringing in a whole new set of family. And two families are going to merge. Now, I think that's wonderful for young people. But Paul said, when you reach 60, your old wore out, just stay single. That's what Paul said. True widows indeed, you know, if they're under 60. But if they're over 60, <laughs> just enjoy your memories and your wrinkled face. Now, that's not always the case. I know some people get remarried when they're in their 80s and their 90s, and that's fine. But remember that when someone remarries, God's not going to send word to the person you were married to, hey, got good news. They got, they got married to somebody else. Because that won't matter. That won't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to answer questions. Am I answering them for you? And it does work for people. Some that are older get remarried. It works great for some. But for others, it doesn't work. That's why you got to marry in the Lord. And that's why you got to use wisdom. Just because you're free to do something doesn't mean you should do it. Amen? Hello? When you're young... You know, you have more activity in the sexual department. When you're older, it's more companion department. Well, you can have a companion, not have to marry them. Make them pay for the dinner once in a while. Is this helping you? Is it helping you? I hope it's helping you. This has been a great series, and I've finished it tonight. But please hear me. Dale, when you go to heaven, Phyllis is going to hit you head on. She's going she to mug your face. I mean, you're going to get nailed. <laughs> She'll be there. She knows all about you. She knows. She remembers. She remembers. Bill, your wife, just come on you. They love you. And that love hasn't changed. It'll be a pure love, a holy love, an awesome love. Children, 
friends and neighbors when we all get to heaven. But one day God will finish the job. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. He'll finish the job. He'll come and open up the grave. And he'll finish the job. He'll give us a brand new body. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to bring you out of the exact graveyard planted. It means he's going to bring you out of the graveyard. If you're sleeping there, he's going to bring you out of the graveyard and give you a brand new body. Isn't that good? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand with me. Josh is going to come and bring a song. I took a little bit longer tonight, but I felt like tonight was real important. I wanted everybody to understand. You got crazy people that say when you get to heaven, you won't know anybody. That's nuts. You have other people saying, well, you'll, you'll come back in reincarnation. That's even nuttier. Who wants to come back as a cow or a dog or a lizard? I don't believe in reincarnation. The same body that I've lived in, the same person that I am, will go to meet Jesus in the air. I'm not going to come back at some, something else. The only thing I'm going to come back as like Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Hope this has helped you. Sunday night I'll be preaching. Sunday morning I'll be preaching. We'll pick up a new series next Wednesday night. I, I'm open for suggestions. Of course, the final, you know, the Lord has the veto power. He decides. But I hope I helped you here. Hope I helped you. Hope you understand how this works. It's awesome, isn't it? Josh, go ahead and play and sing.